Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti. I've got <laughs> Bryant and Kendall Forshe with me, um, and November is um, National Adoption Month. So I wanted to find um, a couple uh, that was kind of going through the process, and you guys are actually going through the process of adoption. So I wanted to talk to you about it, find out um, a little bit about why you, uh, why you chose um, to go the adoption route, how it's going, uh, what you've learned in the process, um, what else our parents would need to know, how they can come alongside and support you or anybody else uh, going through an adoption. So just kind of wanted to start the conversation. Who wants to jump in and kind of give our parents a little bit of a background um, on who you are in case the parents don't know? I'm, yeah. I'm looking uh, at, Bri- Brian, looking at there. Brian. There you go. Brian's just like, I'm ready. He's, <laughs> I'm pumped. Yeah, super excited. Uh, yeah, so my name is Bryant Forshee. I serve as the junior high pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, the Plano campus. And junior high, fancy word, just seventh and eighth grade. You feel like you have to have a name for everything. Yes. And I'm married to my beautiful bride, Kendall. And Kendall, you want to tell her what you do? I am a fourth grade teacher um, at a nearby school district. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. I like it. Um, so how long have we been married? We've been married for three years. Ooh, we got married May go. 31st, 2019. All right. Pass the test. Is that right, no. Kendall? Yes. Okay. He's correct. <laughs> I tried to jump out on that one, so I was like, oh, I'm, these are more points for me. There you uh-huh. go. <laughs> Cha-ching. I love it. Um, so uh, three years of marriage. Um, where did, did Was adoption something that you guys, as you went into marriage, were you thinking, hey, we'd love to adopt? Or is that something that happened through a particular set of events? Or where, where did like adoption arise from? Um, we had originally started talking about adoption on like our second date. Mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of had randomly talked about kids at one point. Um, and adoption was kind of something that we we're like, hey, I would love to do this. And the other person was like, hey, I would love to do this also. And it just kind of started there. Okay. Um, and then it was always just a point of conversation throughout dating and engagement um, and obviously marriage. And um, once we had been married for a little over three years. Um, that's whenever we started trying to have a family and just nothing ever came of it. And we said, hey, you know what? Like maybe this is where the Lord's leading us to do and start adoption now. Um, and obviously not in our timing that we would have thought, but uh, the Lord made it really clear to us that he was like, hey, um, you're not pregnant. So let's start adoption now. So now do either of you have adoption in your family background, brothers, sisters, aunts? I mean, anybody like that you would know somebody close to you? Yeah, honestly, that's a good question. Uh, my The only place where that runs in my family is my aunt and uncle uh, did a bunch of foster care, mm-hmm. and then that foster care kind of led them to adopting a couple, but they were older, uh, mm-hmm. older guys. I think they were like 16, 18 when they first met them. Uh, but from my side of the family, there's really been no uh, adoption. It's something that like my brother and I talked about one day when we were younger. We're like, when we get married, we want to adopt, uh, but it doesn't run in our immediate, in my immediate family. For my immediate family, my um, my grandpa adopted my mom uh, whenever oh. she was older. Okay. And so that just 
had kind of always been there, but we never had even really poppy has always been poppy to us. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of an interesting thing. We, we talk a lot about, and, and Prestonwood is, is very pro-life in terms mm-hmm. of a church, right? We've got yeah. the pregnancy center, um, and a lot of people from a cultural standpoint will will say, right, you can't just be pro-life, right, and have the babies be born, yeah. right? You need to uh, make sure that foster care and adoption, both of those, right, are really um, elevated and celebrated, right, within the conversations. And I think that is really beginning to happen, um, not just at Prestonwood, but I think really kind of in Christian circles across the country. I know Prestonwood has a, um, a ministry we talked about called Chosen, Right, that's really um, trying to support and elevate the idea of foster care and adoption. Um, so I'm I'm glad right that that's happening. Um, so as you begin to you know talk about this, you know you're dating, your marriage relationship, and now you're like, okay, how do we start the process? What what's like the first step? What do you where do you begin? One eight hundred number, right? I mean, <laughs> the one on the website. What do you do? Yeah, um, we really had started kind of with um, a couple of friends that we had known that had adopted and had mm-hmm. talked to them um, and was like, hey, wh- what's the story? How did y'all do it? Give us your background um, just to kind of get some ideas. And then from there, um, the Chosen Ministry had held um, a couple of informational meetings. We went to those um, just trying to figure out like, hey, what is this going to look like for us on our end? Um what are different agencies that we could use, things like that. So it's where we kind of started, um, and then it just kind of snowballed from that point on. Yeah. Now, are there different agencies associated with, like, domestic versus international, those kind of things that you look for? or? Yeah, there's um, different agencies that do domestic, different ones that do international. A lot of them do both. Okay. Um, there's just a whole bunch of agencies that it's kind of like whichever one you feel led to and if you're specifically wanting to do international or domestic there's different ones that you could choose from there and where where did you guys kind of land in that process we landed in the domestic um so within the united states is where we are um adopting from yeah and the the agency we chose called lifeline agency and they do domestic and uh international and their domestic side is predominantly newborn based so uh when the adoptive parents go to adopt it's uh from like day one okay uh, it's from as a newborn child you get uh the baby and um so that's kind of unique in a perspective that we um kind of really enjoy and kind of liked and something super interesting that it was really big on our hearts uh is lifelines an open adoption agency because okay. i want i want to talk about that when i was younger um when I had friends who were adopted, I just remember the idea that a lot of their adoptions were closed, which means yeah. that they would – I mean, you hear stories like this, right? You know, I finally found my adoptive parents or mm-hmm. my real parents or all the you – know, my biological parents. And and I think there's a, a huge trend now toward open adoptions. Yeah. Well, tell us the difference between those and kind of what somebody would expect, you know, from, from that standpoint. Yeah, so open versus closed adoption. Closed adoption is more – in the past, it's, you know, you don't know who your birth parents are, and it takes a little bit of digging and research to find that out. Um, and uh, now they're seeing a lot of the research says that open adoptions, which just means you have an open relationship with mm-hmm. birth parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seeing, a lot of the research shows that it's healthier for both birth mom and birth child because it's just a known fact from the beginning yeah. that your birth mom loved you enough and just saw that her situation wasn't just permissible for her to parent well. And so she decided to allow another family to adopt uh, that, that baby. And so, yeah. well, I mean, I think we've heard, you know, 
the, the concept was adoption always carried a certain stigma yeah. with it. And I think an open adoption is trying to remove that stigma. It, sure. it's, yeah. it's the concept of, right, that not every home situation is the same. There may be a difficulty. But, but you know, the difference between adoption and abortion, mm. right, is a huge difference, right? Yeah. One's life, one's death. So giving a, giving a child life, even if you're not able to parent them, but putting them in a home, right, where they're being able to be parented and, and loved and, and d- that being done well – Right, without the stigma of, wow, I can't tell my kid they're adopted. We're going to hide that from them, right? But you guys, it's just, right, it's up there, up front, and, you know, you kind of can't maintain that relationship with the parent. Is there any fear of, right, what I would be thinking is that fear of, like, well, what if the parent changes their mind when they're, you know, 12 or 15 and all of a sudden they come back in, right? Do they talk about that process as well? Like, I mean, once you're the adoptive parents, right, you're the legal guardians and the parents of that child, right? Right, exactly. They um, kind of go through all of the paperwork behind everything, um, and different states have different legal requirements um, to where the paper the parents can sign the papers and say, "Hey, this is legally your child." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more so like if they are twelve, then the parent can't come back and be like, "Hey, yeah. I actually would like to parent." So yeah, and it's funny because you can like, as we start telling people about our adoption journey and yeah. we're saying we're with Lifeline and. We're like, yeah, it's an open adoption. They're like, what do you mean by open? And they're like, well, the child, our child will have communication and um, visits with their birth mom. And we get a lot of like strange looks of like, well, why? Like, why? And yeah. and it's a lot more messy. And it's Those are lot. people my age, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it is, yeah, right? It, 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 it would be people, you know, probably 40, 50 and above, right? That, yeah. that was a very uncommon thing. Uh, adoption would have been something that carried a particular stigma with it. And so you wouldn't have told your kids you're adopted because that meant something negative, right? Mm-hmm. Now, bringing them into your family and raising them as your own, right, was the positive. Mm-hmm. But then saying, oh, well, by the way, you're adopted, it was kind of like, oh, that's negative, right? So now I think that addresses that particular issue where adoption really shouldn't have been a negative, right? But it carried that stigma with that closed adoption. So I'm glad, you know, you've kind of moved on to that particular point in our culture and we've, you yeah. know, we've gotten there. So that's, that's good. I, I'm glad that's an open adoption. Um, when, when, the, when the process happens, I know you guys did like a home study, right? Oh, yeah. Where, tell me what that's like. I can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like somebody like literally comes and hangs out with you guys and watches you guys at home. Yeah. So we started, um, the whole process in June. Okay. Um, and then we had our first interview um, the beginning of July. And then um, a couple weeks later, some um, our caseworker came to our home. Um, and we sat there for, I think, like three and a half hours with her. Yeah. Um, and she asks, like, Every question you could think of. Okay. Um, everything about our life married, our life dating, um, both of our childhoods, what we want in a family, um, the whole thing. And so we okay, – was, was, can, I, can I say – was that <laughs> – were you nervous? Um, or, I mean we were nervous at the very beginning okay. like whenever she first got to our home. But then like she's – we kind of became friends with her. Okay. Um, she's, so she's close to our age and so that okay. was um, definitely a blessing. And so it kind of felt like we were talking to a friend that we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I was very, at the like very personal conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I more hit know. the friend mark at the three and a half hour mark. Okay. I wasn't okay. really, you know, feeling the whole friend. I was like, why is she asking so many questions? And like, these are very personal questions. Yes. But by the end of it, uh, I was like, okay, she's kind, she's nice, but they're very thorough because yeah. you know they're gonna give the stamp of approval of whether or not you're fit to adopt or not. And yeah. so it's. 
going to be thorough. It's going to be like, you know, what are some weaknesses in your marriage and how are you addressing those? And you're like, wow, nice to meet you too. So, so thanks for coming into our house. (laughs) Which is, which is an interesting thing to think about, right? Because if, right. You know, when Trisha and I got pregnant, nobody asked us, are you fit to be parents? Mm. (laughs) Right. We went to a hospital, she gave birth, we came back home Nobody can ask us, <laughs> are you fit to be parents, right? And, and you know, you, you walk in with the baby and you're like, you know, so, so it's, it's an interesting concept, right, where it's like, well, wait a second. So if we got pregnant and had children biologically, nobody's sitting in our living room asking us, are you fit to be parents? But if we're adopting, somebody's asking. So, you know, so it's a little unusual, in a sense, kind of having to justify having children. But, but you're right. I am glad that they are because mm-hmm. there are some families and some homes out there that you're like – that family and home probably shouldn't be bringing children, um, you know, that they've got enough issues, that they got enough problems or they've got enough things. I actually had um, a, a really, really wonderful um, family that I grew up um, near, um, and um, the, the husband and wife were, were both tremendously successful, but their jobs were very demanding. And they actually made the choice not to have children. And it was interesting because – Right. And just the, the stigma of everybody has to have children, right? Whether, you know, biological or adoption or whatever. And they're just like, listen, we would be terrible parents. And I was just like, you know what? Thank you for realizing that. It's <laughs> very <laughs> honest. Like, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So I'm glad that there's a caseworker out there, right? Kind of asking those questions and, and doing the best. I think they should probably do that at a hospital <laughs> before you take your baby home too. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you're fit to take this child home. Yeah. So anyway, keep on going. What, yeah. what was next? The caseworker, three and a half hours, and then again, more or just one time? Yeah. So then the next part was individual uh, interviews, which okay. was kind of surprising. Uh, and so caseworker met us up over at the little coffee place at yeah. Prestonwood. And that was about an hour and a half of just tell us your person, your home life. Okay. Uh, what was it like growing up? What was, um, how did your how did your parents discipline you? I mean, it was like a lot of once again a lot of just personal questions yeah. that I had no clue that they were going to ask. And so, honestly, so part of me, even though this isn't part of the story, <laughs> part of me is like, I want answers to all those questions yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know that's not where we're going to go, but yeah. yeah, maybe maybe off air I'll yeah. ask you how did your parents discipline you, Brian? <laughs> I, I would like to know that. Yeah, lots of spankings. I'll just be honest. <laughs> You actually turned out very well. So whatever whatever they did. Shout out Danny and Ashley, I guess. There you go. Good job. But then, so we did the the home study interview that was together. Okay. And then there was the individual interview uh, that Kendall did and then I did. And then after that. We had another interview um, that was together. Yep. And then following that, we had a. uh, And the third interview was like marriage. Yes. And like we took some tests, some compatibility things, some. Uh, here's where you would see, and it was more like, here's where you would have issues in adoption okay. and stuff. So, um, that was super, some terms we never heard of. And, uh, so that was really honestly enlightening. It's just super good for she and I to discuss. Sure. Um, and then after the third one, we had our fourth interview, um, and then they were kind of wrapping up everything and telling us, hey, here's everything we've talked about, right? Um, and then this is what you should be looking for next. And so that one was a little bit on the shorter end, not a three-and-a-half-hour meeting. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we had waited um, a little while just for our caseworker to write our home study, um, which is basically everything that we talked about in our interviews on yeah. paper. Um, and so it's everything from childhood, marriage, dating, the whole discipline thing, um, yeah. every single thing you could think of. So cool. Um, okay. And then she sent it off. 
has to get signed by a bunch of people, and then she gives she returns it, and then it's like at that point, okay, we're ready to go. Okay. Yeah, and one thing that's super interesting that we got questions on pretty much at every stage of the uh, home study interview process was what what a, what does our community look like? Okay. What is our community's aspect or perspective on adoption? Oh. What is our community's perspective on if it's a biracial child in adoption? And so all through stages, we had to answer questions about how our family would come alongside us Excellent. and how our community okay. and church okay. would come alongside us and support us in this journey and this process of adoption. Yeah. So the community part, it's not just you two, but it's really your families, the community, the right, the people who are going to be doing life with you, right? Yeah. What kind of community have you built? That's a great question. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's important for anybody raising a child yeah. to be asking those questions as you, as you take a child into your home. If you don't have good community, I'm just telling you, there's, there's rough days. <laughs> there's, there's tough moments. There's difficult seasons. And if you don't have that community, um, I noticed, you know, a, a lot of young people that we knew, um, like, you know, they moved to Dallas away from their family. And so they didn't have, you know, it's like, you know, getting babysitters is one thing, right? So you can have, you know, hey, date night, got a babysitter. That's one thing. But like difficulties that you have and who are the people that you can reach out to and being on the phone with your mom or dad, Mm -hmm. right? That are hours away versus somebody being able to come in and and spend time with you during a difficult season. That's just different, right? And so I'm, I'm glad that just kind of that question about the community and you guys have, right? Very good community. I mean, Kendall, I know your family's, Right up the streets. <laughs> Your family's, you know, probably pretty close, right? So that that's good. But you also have built community with other young believers, right? That can that can do life together with you. So good good thought on that. I like that. Yeah. So then what what's next? You get the case work back and they say Right. Like, I mean, is it like green light, thumbs up? Like, okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Um, at that point, we kind of go into a um, – waiting time. Okay. Um, and so they will send, our agency will um, meet with the birth mom, the pregnancy counselor, meet with the birth mom. They'll type up everything that they know about um, just their history and their pregnancy up to that point. And then um, if we fit kind of what the birth mom is looking for, okay. then they'll send us that info summary. Um, and then we have about 48 hours to say yes or no to that info summary okay. through email. Um, and then at that point, Uh, the birth mom will look through profile books. And so basically a profile book is just um, a book that has a whole bunch of pictures and captions and little tidbits of information just about our life. And so the birth mom will have a chance to look through all the profile books and then she'll be able to pick from that point who she would like um, to adopt her child. Okay. And you guys get to make certain determinations about – We'd rather have a boy or a girl or things like that. Is that part of the process as well? It is part of the process. Okay. Um, it's we personally don't have any preferences, okay. um, but you could be as specific yeah. or as generic as you would like, depending on your agency. Interesting. Um, yeah. Our agency is very much like, hey, you could be, you want your child to be a boy from Texas yeah. and um, very specific. Yeah. Or you could just be. I'm open to anything. So, so it could literally be anybody anywhere in the country then for, yeah. with what you guys – okay, wow. Yeah. Yes. That's, and it's like the, the thing about open adoption is and the thing that Lifeline re- requires is it's a once-a-year visit to birth mom in like where she's at. Yeah, Vermont. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, Guess we'll get to go visit yeah. Vermont once yeah. a year. <laughs> and so that's interesting with the info summaries that yeah. come in. And they're just – I mean they are detailed, Dan. It's like – 
family history, medical history, uh, mental history, like mental health of, history. Of the birth mom and her family. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And so you see all this information wow. and it's like, oh, they live in Vermont. Then Kendall and I need to decide, okay, well, are we committing for the next 12 years yeah. of our life to go fly up to Vermont with yeah. a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, like as every stage of life and right. go up to Vermont. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's, it's pretty wild. I consider it like almost like a draft or it's like a recruiting product. Like right. you're literally sure. like, it's it it so is. strange I know, to I know. do we, that. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> whenever you like put it. the words on them, I know it, it seems like it in a sense devalues it. Right. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not the no. selection process is very important Yes. because you guys are, are making a, a very large commitment to somebody, yes. right. To bring them into your family and to raise them. And so, you want to do it well yeah. and if somebody says hey you know we're in a different part of the country or this or that and it's like you got to take those things into consideration of what that's going to look like for your family so yeah fascinating yes and so that's where we're kind of right at right now okay in this whole journey and it's been man it's a it's a it's a journey it's a great word for it yes. because there's some highs and there's some lows uh there's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows um we've we've been through some like literally last week when we talked about this uh doing this podcast we had just been through a pretty hard low okay. of we were we had our hopes up for that the birth mom would choose us, but then we found out we didn't meet some of the requirements that we didn't even know about. Yeah. And so just like walking through that, that rejection. Yeah. And uh, So that's just that's a big faith walk of yeah. just trusting God to put the right right child in your arms and say, yeah. you know, we're putting ourselves out there, but we're trusting God to make that match and right, just kind of walking that journey. Yeah. So what um, parents listening, um, how would they walk alongside, right, not only your family, right, but maybe other families, um, you know, who are interested in adoption or thinking about adoption? I mean, like, how would a family who isn't interested in adoption and isn't thinking about adoption, right, they might be thinking, well, this has nothing to do with me. But I think the, the, the concept is, is together as a, as a body of Christ, it has something to do with all of us. Yeah. So what would you say to the families that aren't thinking about adopt, adopting themselves, how could they help families like yours? Yeah, I think one big way um, would just be financially. Okay. Um, it Adoption does cost um, a good amount. And so... Um, <laughs> Thank you for being generic on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian's looking at her like, I don't know if we want to put the actual amount out there. Okay, so let's let's just say this. Um, we know that adoption is expensive. Yeah. Yes. Okay? And so for you guys as a young family, you've been married three and a half years, mm-hmm. right? For you guys to make a major financial right investment right into bringing somebody into your home, that's a big deal, yeah. right? And so if there's people who wanted to say, hey, listen, I love what you're doing and, you know, we've got, you know, three grown kids and they're all in college and beyond and it's like, you know, we want to invest in you starting your family. That's something they could do. How would they do that though? Like, I, I know this may sound weird, right? We're not, we're not just going to put your like, you know, Venmo account at the bottom of the show notes. <laughs> but is there, is it like, is it through like chosen or through lifeline or is it just like they would have to reach out to you personally? Like if somebody really wanted to help you financially, cause that is a big burden. Like, could they really, I mean, what's the best process to go through for that? I mean, I think, it could be a multiple of different avenues. Um, we have a um, matching grant okay. that we're, have been so blessed to have been given. That's cool. Um, through um, just a different organization. Uh-huh. And then um, – but, like, I mean, mostly being able to either um, 
directly to Lifeline or directly to us. Okay. Um, either way. So we'll actually put Brian's Venmo in there. and <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, if you have to. <laughs> but I mean, uh, any, yeah. any, so any cool. way Love it. is yeah. helpful. Gotcha. And it's nice that like, Lifeline doesn't like mandate, hey, you have to give through this portal, through this thing. Okay. So you basically make payments as you have the money and as different deadlines come up and whatnot. And in the world of, you know, immediate access to pretty much anybody and everybody, it's been really, really cool to see like cousins of my dad give financially to us because adoption is something they're passionate about. Yeah. And so I just feel like in such a connected world, a social media world, it's been really, really cool just to see, oh, wow, like going home, hey, did you see literally on Venmo that this person gave X amount of dollars? And you're like, who is that? Who? Like, you know them? Oh, how do you know? Like, so, so cool. it's been yeah. really cool to see the body of Christ, the church, be the church in certain some, some scenarios for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what else? So financial, there's a burden there. For sure. Um, I definitely think like, coming alongside parents and the adoptive parents and be like, hey, is there any way that I could help you out with like meals or can I come watch your kiddo for an hour um, just so you can go do something, go grocery shopping. I don't know. Um, Something that- Go to H-E-B. Go to H-E-B. Because it'll take you a couple hours. That's right. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Um, But I mean, something that they can just come alongside the adoptive parents and say, hey, I know this is something that you might not have had nine months to prepare for. Um, You maybe had a month or two months to prepare for. Um, and so I know it's just kind of a big okay, jump. So can, we, can we talk about that for a second? The, the, <laughs> the preparation, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> right, you, you find out you're pregnant. You're right. You got that nine-month concept typically um, of preparing and, you know, nesting and getting the room ready and all the different things. From an adoptive standpoint, you guys could get a call tomorrow um, and like, like have a child by the end of the week or something, right? Like wh- how does that work? Right. I mean, do you, do you get a nursery ready and all that? I mean, tell me, tell me where you guys are in the process of that. Yeah. So, Lifeline is kind of unique in the sense that they match adoptive parents with birth moms at the beginning of the third trimester. Okay. So we there is a maybe three month period we might have to okay prepare everything get like that stuff. But they also have drop ins. Is that the correct terminology? So they have drop ins, which is your case. Like, hey, you meet this criteria. Mom's in labor, yes or no. <laughs> wow. And so you're like, like at that point, I mean, I think that's where we would rely heavily on our community and be like, uh, we need diapers, we need this, we yeah. need crib, we need X, Y, and Z. Like, I think that the sponta- spontaneity, yeah. is that the right word? Yeah, I can't spell it, but it's a, it's <laughs> great. a great word. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, that's where we were just like, okay, God, like the whole faith and trust thing. Yeah. Like, we, we just got to rely on you and... If we have to kind of wait for a crib or wait for something, we'll make it work yeah. for a night or two and uh, just get supplies when we need supplies. Yeah. But that's where financial uh, blessings help help tremendously. Awesome. Very good. And then uh, something that I would add to uh, coming alongside families is uh, it's been really cool just to see how people will be like, hey, we're praying for your adoption mm-hmm. journey. And, you know, you, some people you – believe that when they say it some people you know that they uh they really do mean it love it yes. and so it's been really really cool just to have people come alongside and be like hey how is the journey going we've been praying for you okay and i think it's really cool because i mean i know we love talking about ourselves and <laughs> just as a general rule of thumb humans do and i think it's really cool because every adoption 
has a story behind it. Yes. And there's a story behind Kendall and I choosing adoption because of just infertility and, you know, God changing our timeline if we thought we were going to have biological children first, then adopt. But now it's adoption uh, that's been placed on our hearts. Yeah. And so we love talking about how God has been sanctifying and growing us in our relationship with Him. And so just asking adoptive parents, hey, what's the story behind that? That's not imposing. Uh, that's just something that is a part and it's a reality in their life. And okay. so I think it's really cool for them to be able to share. And it's really cool for them to see you caring about what God is doing in their life and in their family. Awesome. Very good. Okay. So um, we're going to have to have um, an update later. <laughs> right. And <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know when the later is going to be, but I know, I mean, this is how I see things, right? Yeah. Is um, you know, when God opens up that door and, you know, delivers, you know, little Forshi into the family, <laughs> um, it, it would be neat at some point to have a little update on just kind of how life is going and just some of the things that you learned through the process that you're like, oh, would, you know, we do this different or, you know, here's some, you know, advice or maybe um, a shout out to, and I, I, I never want to do this. There, there's going to be some people who do things incorrectly. Right. Mm-hmm. They're going to say the wrong thing, yes. things like that, which it happens. Right. You know, when, when Trisha's dad had cancer, um, you know, we were um, amazed how many people wanted to tell us about the people that they knew who just died. And it's like, oh, that's so encouraging. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that with us. <laughs> it's like, it's just, you know, how could I make it through the yeah. day without knowing about that? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, he, yeah, he's dead. You know, and like, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but some people do it well. Yeah. Right? right. And for me, it's like if we can focus on the people who do it well, mm-hmm. hopefully you pick up on the Oh, so that means the other things I was thinking about would be in the negative category. Yeah. Um, so just think about and keep in mind um, people and stories of individuals who, you know, or families who've kind of walked alongside you and done something well, mm-hmm. so that when we have a follow up and an update, you know, on Little Forshi, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of say, hey, here's a couple of things that I can give you as an example of just a family that reached out and said this, a family that reached out and did this, right? Here's how our community kind of came along. I think that would be a neat um, thing because we want to, we want to kind of, in a sense, be a part of this process with you mm-hmm. um, and not just saying we're going to be praying for you. But actually praying for you, yep. uh, and hopefully Jeez. some of the some of the families, right? Some of the PCA families that are out there are going to be listening and say, "Hey, we want to be a part of the process and you know walk alongside it with you in, in whatever way that God leads them to as well." So, yeah. any any last words to the families out there listening? I don't think so. I, I mean, we're just <laughs> like this has been such a crazy journey. Yeah. Something that we're just really thankful that. Even though it's not in our timing, the Lord has been like, okay, here's something that I'm going to bless you with. And um, it's just really cool to be on this journey. It's not how we thought the Lord was going to write our story. Um, But it has been one that's been um, just very awesome to be a part of and just be able to see his hand in his detail through all the little pieces that have come together. So awesome. And I think uh, just going back to getting involved in different – you may not – Adoption may not even be something that you feel called to do, right. um, but I think it's just a great example. I think Blackaby and experiencing God, say, mm-hmm. see where God's at work and, and join in. Exactly. And so I think every adoption story is yeah. just a total reflection of our spiritual adoption that God gives to us. And so if you can be a part of the story of financial or prayer or coming alongside, uh, just find families who are adopting and see see how you can help. Yeah. And I think what you said too earlier, of just being part of the community, that's an encouragement. Yes. That mm-hmm. adoption um, is not only a viable option, but it really is a loving and wonderful thing for a family to do. Yeah. Right. So whether whether you're, it doesn't matter how you're bringing children into the world. If we're bringing children into the world and we're raising them in a godly home, 
right? It's like, that's what we're called to do. And yeah. so adoption is, as you said, a very um, unique process because it does come with a story, not only from your end as the parents, but that child now has a very, you know, unique story to be able to share. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful picture of the love of Christ and the body, right, of Christ kind of surrounding uh, a particular individual and right, being able to raise them up. So I'm very proud of you two, um, just, you know, as a, as a young couple um, going through this process, making this commitment, um, doing it really, really well, um, and kind of putting yourself in that category of saying, hey, listen, this is something we want to do, and I'm just I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to bless you with. Um, and, uh, and we'll just kind of keep this journey uh, ongoing. So sometime, you know, in the near future, we'll sit down again and and get an update. So appreciate your time. Thank you, Dan. Go Lions. (laughs) Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.